Hi, this is book three, episode 18 of Puritans Read, where we read great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Continuing today, The Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson, chapter four, showing the characteristics of a godly man, and continuing section 16. Question. How shall I get my heart tuned to a patient mood? Answer, get faith. All our impatience proceeds from unbelief. Faith is the breeder of patience. When a storm of passion begins to arise, faith says to the heart, as Christ did to the sea, peace, be still, and there is at once a calm. Question, how does faith work patience? Answer, faith argues the soul into patience. Faith is like that town clerk in Ephesus who allayed the contention of the multitude and argued them soberly into peace, Acts 19.35 and 36. So when impatience begins to clamor and make a hubbub in the soul, Faith appeases the tumult and argues the soul into holy patience. Faith says, Why art thou disquieted, O my soul? Psalm 42, 5 Are you afflicted? Is it not your Father who has done it? He is carving and polishing you and making you fit for glory. He smites that he may save. What is your trial? Is it sickness? God shakes the tree of your body so that some fruit may fall, even the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Hebrews 12:11. Are you driven from your home? God has prepared a city for you. Hebrews 11:16. Do you suffer reproach for Christ's sake? The spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. 1 Peter 4, 14. Thus faith argues and disputes the soul into patience. Pray to God for patience. Patience is a flower of God's planting. Pray that it may grow in your heart and send forth its sweet perfume. Prayer is a holy charm to charm down the evil spirit. Prayer composes the heart and puts it in tune when impatience has broken the strings and put everything into confusion. Oh, go to God. Prayer delights God's ear. It melts his heart. It opens his hand. God cannot deny a praying soul. Seek him with importunity, and either he will remove the affliction, or, which is better, he will remove your impatience. Section 17. A godly man is a thankful man. Praise and thanksgiving is the work of heaven, and he begins that work here which he will always be doing in heaven. The Jews have a saying, the world subsists by three things, the law, the worship of God, and thankfulness. As if where thankfulness was missing, one of the pillars of the world had been taken away, and it was ready to fall. 
the Hebrew word for praise, comes from a root that signifies to shoot up. The godly man sends up his praises like a volley of shots towards heaven. David was modeled after God's heart, and how melodiously he warbled out God's praises. Therefore he was called the sweet psalmist of Israel. 2 Samuel 23, 1. Take a Christian at his worst, yet he is thankful. The prophet Jonah was a man of waspish spirit. The sea was not so stirred with a tempest as Jonah's heart was stirred with passion. Jonah 1, 13. Yet through this cloud, you might see grace appear. He had a thankful heart. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Jonah 2, 9. To illustrate this more clearly, I shall lay down these four particulars. Number one, praise and thanksgiving is a saint-like work. We find in scripture that the godly are still called upon to praise God. Ye that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Psalm 135, 20. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Psalm 149, 5 and 6. Praise is a work proper to a saint. Firstly, none but the godly can praise God aright. As all do not have the skill to play the lute, so not everyone can sound forth the harmonious praises of God. Wicked men are bound to praise God, but they are not fit to praise him. None but a living Christian can tune God's praise. Wicked men are dead in sin. How can they who are dead lift up God's praises? The grave cannot praise thee. Isaiah 38, 18. A wicked man stains and eclipses God's praise. If an unclean hand works in damask or flowered satin, it will slur its beauty. God will say to the sinner, What hast thou to do to take my covenant in thy mouth? Psalm 50, 16. Secondly, praise is not comely for any but the godly. Praise is comely for the upright. Psalm 33, 1. A profane man stuck with God's praises is like a dunghill stuck with flowers. Praise in the mouth of a sinner is like an oracle in the mouth of a fool. How uncomely it is for anyone to praise God if his whole life dishonors God. It is as indecent for a wicked man to praise God as it is for a usurer to talk of living by faith, or for the devil to quote scripture. The godly alone are fit to be choristers in God's praises. It is called the garment of praise, Isaiah 61, 3. This garment fits handsomely only on a saint's back. Number two, thanksgiving is a more noble part of God's worship. Our wants may send us to prayer, but it takes a truly honest heart to bless God. The raven cries, the lark sings. In petition, we act like men. 
In Thanksgiving, we act like angels. Number three, Thanksgiving is a God-exalting work. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. Psalm 50, 23. Though nothing can add the least might to God's essential glory, yet praise exalts him in the eyes of others. Praise is a setting forth of God's honor, a lifting up of his name, a displaying of the trophy of his goodness, a proclaiming of his excellence, a spreading of his renown, a breaking open of the box of ointment, whereby the sweet savor and perfume of God's name is sent abroad into the world. Number four, praise is a more distinguishing work. By this, a Christian excels all the infernal spirits. Do you talk of God? So can the devil. He brought scripture to Christ. Do you profess religion? So can the devil. He transforms himself into an angel of light. Do you fast? He never eats. Do you believe? The devils have a faith of assent. They believe and tremble. James 2:19. But as Moses worked such a miracle as none of the magicians could reproduce, so here is a work Christians may be doing, which none of the devils can do, and that is the work of thanksgiving. The devils blaspheme, but do not bless. Satan has his fiery darts, but not his harp and vial. Use 1. See here the true genius and complexion of a godly man. He is much in doxologies and praises. It is a saying of Lactantius that he who is unthankful to his God cannot be a good man. A godly man is a God-exalter. The saints are temples of the Holy Ghost, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Where should God's praises be sounded but in his temples. A good heart is never weary of praising God. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 34, 1. Some will be thankful while the memory of the mercy is fresh, but afterwards leave off. The Carthaginians used at first to send the tenth of their yearly revenue to Hercules but by degrees they grew weary and left off sending. David, as long as he drew his breath, would chirp forth God's praise. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Psalm 146, 2. David would not now and then give God a snatch of music and then hang up the instrument, but he would continually be celebrating God's praise. A godly man will express his thankfulness in every duty. He mingles thanksgiving with prayer. In everything by prayer with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Philippians 4, 6 Thanksgiving is the more divine part of prayer. In our petitions, we express our own necessities. In our thanksgivings, we declare God's excellences. Prayer goes up as incense when it is perfumed with thanksgiving. And 
As a godly man expresses thankfulness in every duty, he does so in every condition. He will be thankful in adversity as well as prosperity. In everything give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 A gracious soul is thankful and rejoices that he is drawn nearer to God, though it be by the cords of affliction. When it goes well with him, he praises God's mercy. When it goes badly with him, he magnifies God's justice. When God has a rod in his hand, a godly man will have a psalm in his mouth. The devil's smiting of Job was like striking a musical instrument. He sounded forth praise. The Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job 1.21 When God's spiritual plants are cut and bleed, they drop thankfulness. The saints' tears cannot drown their praises. If this is the sign of a godly man, then the number of the godly appears to be very small. Few are in the work of praise. Sinners cut God short of his thank offering. Where are the nine? Luke 17, 17. Of ten lepers healed, there was but one who returned to give praise. Most of the world are sepulchers to bury God's praise. You will hear some swearing and cursing, but few who bless God. Praise is the yearly rent that men owe, but most are behind hand with their rent. God gave King Hezekiah a marvelous deliverance, but Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him. 2 Chronicles 32.25 That but was a blot on his escutcheon. Some, instead of being thankful to God, render evil for good. They are the worse for mercy. Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Deuteronomy 32.6 This is like the toad that turns the most wholesome herb to poison. Where shall we find a grateful Christian? We read of the saints having harps in their hands. Revelation 5.8 The emblem of praise. Many have tears in their eyes and complaints in their mouths but few have harps in their hand and are blessing and praising the name of God. Use 2 Let us scrutinize ourselves and examine by this characteristic whether we are godly. Are we thankful for mercy? It is a hard thing to be thankful. Question How may we know whether we are rightly thankful? Answer 1 when we are careful to register God's mercy. David appointed certain of the Levites to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. 1 Chronicles 16.4 Physicians say that the memory is the first thing that decays. It is true in spiritual matters. They soon forgot his works. Psalm 106.13 a godly man enters his mercies, as a physician does his remedies, in a book, so that they may not be lost. Mercies are jewels that should be locked up. A child of God keeps two books always by him, one to write his sins in, 
so that he may be humble, the other to write his mercies in, so that he may be thankful. Answer 2. We are rightly thankful when our hearts are the chief instrument in the music of praise. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. Psalm 111, 1. David would tune not only his vial, but also his heart. If the heart does not join with the tongue, there can be no comfort. Where the heart is not engaged, the parrot is as good a chorister as the Christian. Answer 3. We are rightly thankful when the favors which we receive endear our love to God the more. David's miraculous preservation from death drew forth his love to God. I love the Lord. Psalm 116, 1. It is one thing to love our mercies. It is another thing to love the Lord. Many love their deliverance, but not their deliverer. God is to be loved more than his mercies. Answer 4. We are rightly thankful when, in giving our praise to God, we take all worthiness from ourselves. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies thou hast showed unto thy servant. Genesis 32:10. As if Jacob had said, Lord, the worst bit thou carvest me is better than I deserve. Mephibosheth bowed himself and said, What is thy servant? that thou shouldst look upon such a dead dog as I am. 2 Samuel 9, 8 So when a thankful Christian makes a survey of his blessings and sees how much he enjoys that others better than he lack, he says, Lord, what am I, a dead dog, that free grace should look upon me and that thou shouldst crown me with such loving kindness? Answer 5 we are rightly thankful when we put God's mercy to good use. We repay God's blessings with service. The Lord gives us health, and we spend and are spent for Christ. 2 Corinthians 12:15. He gives us an estate, and we honor the Lord with our substance. Proverbs 3, 9. He gives us children, and we dedicate them to God and educate them for God. We do not bury our talents, but trade them. This is to put our mercies to good use. A gracious heart is like a piece of good ground that, having received the seed of mercy, produces a crop of obedience. Answer 6. We are rightly thankful when we can have our hearts more enlarged for spiritual than for temporal mercies. Blessed be God, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1, 3. A godly man blesses God more for a fruitful heart than a full crop. He is more thankful for Christ than for a kingdom. Socrates was wont to say that he loved the king's smile more than his gold. A pious heart is more thankful for a smile of God's face than he would be for the gold of the Indies. Answer 7. We are rightly thankful when mercy is a spur to duty. It causes a spirit of activity for God. Mercy is not like the sun to the fire to dull it, but like oil to the wheel to make it run faster. David wisely argues from mercy to duty. Thou hast delivered my soul from death. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. 
Psalm 116, 8 and 9. It was a saying of Bernard, Lord, I have two mites, a soul and a body, and I give them both to thee. Answer 8. We are rightly thankful when we motivate others to this angelic work of praise. David does not only wish to bless God himself, but calls upon others to do so. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 111.1 The sweetest music is that which is in unison. When many saints join together in unison, then they can make heaven ring with their praises. As one drunkard will be calling upon another, so in a holy sense, one Christian must be stirring up another to the work of thankfulness. Answer 9. We are rightly thankful when we not only speak God's praise, but live in his praise. It is called an expression of gratitude. We give thanks when we live thanks. Such as our mirrors of mercy should be patterns of piety. Upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. Obadiah 17. To give God oral praise and dishonor him in our lives is to commit a barbarism in religion and is to be like those Jews who bowed the knee to Christ and then spat on him. Mark 15, 19. Answer 10. We are rightly thankful when we propagate God's praises to posterity. We tell our children what God has done for us. In such a want, he supplied us. From such a sickness, he raised us up. In such a temptation, he helped us. O God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days, in the times of old. Psalm 44, 1. By transmitting our experiences to our children, God's name is eternalized, and his mercies will bring forth a plentiful crop of praise when we have gone. Heman puts the question, Shall the dead praise thee? Psalm 88.10 Yes, in the sense that when we are dead, we praise God because, having left the chronicle of God's mercies with our children, we start them on thankfulness, and so make God's praises live when we are dead. This has been Book 3, Episode 18 of Puritan's Read. We read The Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson, Chapter 4, and finished Section 17, beginning Section 18.